Welcome to this conversation. My guest today is Andrea Kanalopoulos. She is, get this, author, motivational speaker, wellness empowerment coach, and retreat facilitator, and founder of Anam Nostos House. Oh my gosh, she's going to have to correct me on that pronunciation. But anyway, first of all, welcome so much to this conversation, Andrea Kanalopoulos. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, that is a difficult one with the Greek. It's Anamnostis House for Soul Homecomings. Soul Homecoming. Oh my gosh, what a touching concept, Soul Homecoming. And I think you're all about connecting with the soul and peace and goodwill yes. and all those good things. And But I want to start, Andrea, with the fact that you're an author and I'm trying to sort out, I believe you have three books. I have three and one coming up for a publication in October. Interesting enough, that book is actually called Soul Homecomings. It's a book of essays. Oh, okay. Beautiful. So how about the first ones? The, the first book is my original uh, story that I tell about the journey that I've walked through anorexia and my healing journey. While it's focused on that, it is a journey for everyone. And I've no, I've got a lot of feedback about that for the, it's a workbook within. Now there is a second edition, God willing, coming out at the beginning of the year for my 20th recovery anniversary. And in the second edition, it's way more in depth. I start to talk a little bit about the woman's journey through perimenopause and menopause as I've been walking. And the workbook will be a separate book with an eight-week virtual program. So that's hopefully all at the beginning of the year. Called The first book is called Workbook Within. Is that no, right? Find Your Voice Project. A Journey Toward Healing, yes. Find Your Voice Project. So that was number one. Yeah. And it has the workbook. It has a workbook now inside it. And then the second edition, they're going to be separated out. Okay, gotcha. I've had a lot of requests for people uh, to have the workbook on its own. So that's your first book, Find Your Voice project. What else? So the second book was tuning in, turning off and finding presence, spiritual reflections for daily living. And for those who know my whole journey, uh, in my early 20s, I was actually preparing to become a monastic nun and led a much simpler life. And so this book is a lot of that spiritual journey and essays. I led pilgrimages to um, Lourdes and Israel And I also have a 22-year ministry in Lourdes itself, working with the sick and the dying. And so that this book is more for people to kind of reflect on suffering and forgiveness, um, love, you know, uh, meeting God in the sacred body. What is your human experience? Befriending holiness, my favorite spiritual emptiness. So it's really, it's just a spiritual reflections. All right. That one is number two. And then you have number three. My most recent one is uh, Pieces of Peace, Three-Minute Retreats to Sustain the Soul. And it's nearly 100 three-minute retreats. And I was enjoying reflecting on this, knowing I was going to speak to you today, because it started in my 20s. And for the youngins, (laughs) before we had social media or cell phones, I moved around a lot because I was a minimalist. So I had a voicemail. And on this voicemail, I would leave quotes and thoughts for the day. So when my friends called me to leave a message, they would get these. It became really popular that so many people just started calling to hear what it was. And then they'd leave me a nice message. And that's how it started. Um, I'm very fond of Father James Martin. 
uh, an Ignatian uh, priest, and he did three minute retreats that I love that were very spiritual. And at one point in my blogging, I just started to do these three minute retreats that weren't really spiritual, but just for life and helping and healing. And I, you know, they often will have um, a quote, a couple questions and a very small reflection. Um, the idea around it is that we live in such a busy world and most people don't have time to stop to read the blog posts anymore. My post maybe once every other month now because of that. People need something that's they can pick up and take with them on the go. And this is exactly what that is like. People sometimes tell me they'll take one retreat for a whole week even and just reflect on it. But it's just a way to um, to just change up your day when you're so stressed and life fills us up to just, you know, think about things like breathing and intentional living, silence, uh, empathy, you know, so many different topics and just pausing, just taking the pause. All right. So we've covered book one, two, and three, and now you have a new one coming out, right? In October, I'll be uh, speaking at the Unitarian Church. And right before that, it's coming out and it's called Soul Homecomings. As I mentioned, based off of the name of uh, our, my retreat house, Anamnostis, and it's a book of essays. It's a book of life essays. I've done a lot of writing over time that I put out into the world. And um, this is a compilation, but it just goes a little bit deeper for the book. One of the questions that I had intended to ask you, but you already brought that up, is uh, <laughs> I was going to say, so why are you an expert on these kinds of topics? And you mentioned the anorexia mm -hmm. and something that stuck out to me in something that I was reading about you referred to the day you decided to live. You suggested that a lot of this grew out of your experience with anorexia, that it went on for 20 years, but somehow, somewhere along the way, something changed. Yeah, I. Um, it was the last two treatment programs that I was in. I was in four in total, and they were holistic alternative medicine. And for the first time, I was being treated like a person, not a number. Um, I wasn't being weighed. They taught us about intuitive eating, listening to our bodies, uh, coming back to nature and just silence and so many different ways that hospital programs weren't approaching it. And it was so unique that it grabbed me and really made me aware of the preciousness of life and what I really wanted and desired out of life. And that started the journey. And by no means am I an expert in anything. Um, I'd like to say I pride myself in the fact of I, I walk my journey and I share my journey and I always tell people, when you see things that I write online, I too am walking that journey and working through it. There's no end point. Everything is a journey, never a destination. And I talk about that a lot in recovery because I don't believe in recovered. I think it's a constant journey, such as grief. Um, I have so many friends dealing with grief at the moment. And they, the common theme that they always hear is people say, are you done with that yet? But we are never done with it. You know, you could have lost somebody 30 years ago and still feel the same sense of grief that it was the day they died. And that's okay. That's It says something so beautiful about that relationship. But the journey that we walk every day, it is every day in all things, all emotions, all feelings. And the things I like to offer are tools and guides so it doesn't overwhelm us. Because some of us have personalities where we can just really dive in and get into depression 
and sadness and get lost and hide in our homes and not want to deal with the world because these topics are so hard. So by giving little bits, I'm letting people say, okay, here's a little bit. Take this amount of time today, but then walk away. Don't get stuck in the sadness. Walk away and remember you're still living now. I really want to go into some of those little bits, but first of all, I want you to talk about the day you decided to live. Uh, it was uh, one morning and um, the sun was coming up. It was in Arizona desert at this program. And I saw a stone on the ground that was just beautiful. And I picked it up and I just committed this intention to it of just this desire and wanting to just go forward. And I put it in my pocket and the whole day there's groups and therapy sessions and all kinds of sessions. I kept um, feeling that stone and it would remind me that I wanted to commit to life. And it just was this presence of, okay, that's what I need. I needed this constant reminder that I do want to live. I do want to be here. That beauty in the sunrise reminds me that I am deserving of that beauty. We all are. And there was so much more to the pain and the struggle that I was walking. And so that was that was one morning. And then from there, it was this always constant reminder. And interesting enough, it was that day, too, I created intention beads, which I use a lot in my work and, and make them and sell them. But it, it's a bead that you do exactly that. You pick it up each day and put it in your pocket and commit attention a gratitude, a prayer, whatever you need. And you put it in your pocket. And it's again, like the retreats, it's something that takes us outside of ourselves and reminds us in the day. Okay, bring back your focus. Nothing in your workplace is gonna is that important that you can't stop and take a deep breath. Or, you know, mothers who are child with children in intense moments, it's there's nothing you have to pause. You just have to pause and remember it's okay. It's gonna be okay. From what I've heard about anorexia, it can be related in perfectionism, in control, maybe yes. depression. What was the root of your anorexia? Uh, I am a survivor for sure, but I struggled my whole life with depression, anxiety, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, control was a big piece. I didn't feel like I had control of anything in my life. Um, there were so many things I wanted. And so it definitely was a piece of control. For me, the physical aspect was something that I just battled. I battled and I kept thinking the eating disorder brain. And I kept thinking that um, everything would be better if I just lost more weight or if I was this size. And um, it never was enough. It was never enough. And it was just constant roller coaster between the depression, the anxiety, the body image, and just life. This thing to... about anorexia with young girls becomes life and death. And yeah. I've known people who you can just see that that they're dying and they're like skeletons. And just not to get too gruesome, but I mean, what do you do? You starve yourself, you throw up, you yeah, and, and what are you thinking when you do that? You're not thinking. You're not thinking. You're really not present. You're you're in a cycle of distorted realities and emotions. And that's why for me, I always say you have to choose life. You have to choose recovery. But sometimes first you need intervention because my brain was so messed up 
that I needed nutrition and before I could even get to that point. And so when you see people who are at that extreme, they definitely need treatment. And I don't believe you can do it alone when you are that far past yourself. And unfortunately, we it's just, there's so much in the world today. It's so misunderstood. And I personally, you know, I walk each day and I, I see in my network of um, work people and friends and, and, and family and the dieting is insanity, the intermittent fasting, the, the constant new diets and everyone thinks it's, it's okay. I'm just doing this or I'm just doing that. I honestly realized at one point I couldn't intervene anymore. People know who I am. They know what I've read about. They know my journey and everyone has to have their own journey. So I, I share my piece at times if they ask, but it's, it's heartbreaking for me because the messages that are putting out there in the world are so loud. And, um, I've, you know, the big, uh, talk right now is about the movie Barbie and I hear from everybody. It's actually well done. Personally, I can't go see it. It's very triggering for me. And I know the movie is the opposite of that, but for me, just the, the mere present look of it and everything is a trigger for me. So for right now, it's when it comes out on video, perhaps, but it, and I'm glad someone's speaking to these things because we need, uh, people to speak to these things. And if I may, in this aging process, you know, I'll be 53 this year in a couple months. And I am walking towards this journey of menopause and my body's completely changed. And I don't have the control over it. Like it, it's a different size than it's ever been in my entire life. And so even now, 20 years in recovery, my brain is still thinking in those ways. It's something I really and honestly work on all the time. Sounds like it's kind of like being an alcoholic or something like that, that you never do recover. It's always with you. But I wanted to ask you about your family. And I imagine your family got it all wrong in how they responded to you. And how was that for you? And what should families do if they have children who, who have these body image issues? My family definitely uh, struggled a great deal. It was a very different time, a very traditional Catholic family. And the only girl with four, four older brothers, and it was not understood. It was not understood. It was more of, oh, just stop it, or it's just attention. And those are the danger words and, 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 and phrases and, and directions that you can go to. It's listening, it's being open, it's asking, how can I help you? It's letting people in your life know you're there. It's letting people gently know you see that there's a problem if you see it and ask or share or help, you know, it's just being really sensitive to it these days. Otherwise you just push them away. They're not going to hear you. They're not going to, you know, I understand that from the person who's going through it, but my gosh, from the family member to watch it and not be able to do anything, you would just want to scream, stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah. But in the, in the end, it is a disease. I always say it because you're at dis-ease with your body. It is a chemical imbalance when they get to a particular point, the dieting of going up and down constantly um, just really destroys your body, it destroys your thinking, it destroys your body. And there's just, it comes a point where they will never hear anything. You know, 
My guest today is Andrea Kanalopoulos, author, motivational speaker, wellness empowerment coach, retreat facilitator, and talking about, well, how we can all find more peace in our lives. And Andrea, I had interviewed you many years ago. And one of the things that I remember about that interview is, and I have taken this into my heart and try to make it a goal for myself. You said that there was one person who kept believing in you throughout Mm -hmm. that journey. Tell us about that person. Uh, We've been friends for nearly 30 years. He's still very much in my life and he's still very present and being that guide, uh, which I'm grateful for. And it seems that I hope and pray that everybody has that one person, but he just saw more in me than I saw in me. He saw the healthy me when people wanted to give up and say, well, I just wasn't, you know, it wasn't possible to help me. A lot of people would say that, or if they see the cycle on the roller coaster, they just thought it's help, it's hopeless and you're just wasting your energy. And they had lots of words for him indeed over the years, but he, but he stayed present and, you know, he has his boundaries, which are good and are hard for me at times, but it helps me. It helps me stay well and be well. Well, I've had or have people in my life that I feel that way about it. Like, is it time to pull the plug that -hmm. you just see these patterns and they don't get out of the patterns and nothing you do or say seems to help. So what would be your advice to people like me who have people in their lives that they want to help, but they're just at their limit? Thank you for offering that. That's a really good question. It's, it's essentially knowing that you can't solve all their problems but you could still be present as a friend and a human. You could still listen. You know, you don't get taken advantage of like with, you know, people who are in situations don't loan the money and stuff like that. They need to hit their bottoms, but you can be a person to have that for them to listen, you know, to listen and just to be a presence. And you can, in whichever way you're comfortable with, say prayers for people or, you know, it's just being, a or just say offering to go for a walk, offering, anything, just reminding them that you're there sometimes. And it is hard. And so when you feel that exhaustion with people who are just hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall, and you just want to throw your hands up and say, I'm done. Just remember you're powerless over to their illness. You're powerless. So how, how do you protect yourself? You just, you say that, you know, that say you're not in this to, to solve all their problems. You're not in this to heal them or to show them the light. They have to find that on their own. They have to hit their bottom. But you are there to be a human being and a presence and someone that hasn't left. Sometimes when you, like for myself, when that happened, I kept saying to this mentor, why are you still here? Why are you still here? Why are you, you know? And he's like, because I believe there's more to you. I believe it's you're bigger than this. I believe that there's healing. And he just kept saying those things over and over until I got it, until I heard it. And that, that was the difference. Wow. You know, I spent more time, I guess, looking at your book, Pieces of Peace, which Mm -hmm. is the thing that you talked about, that they're very short contemplations. Mm -hmm. And I kind of approached it like, 
oh yeah, what what kind of a deal is this going to be? I'm skeptical. <laughs> and I start looking through them. And first of all, I'm a person who loves things short. My mantra in life is keep it shorter, make it shorter. Uh, and these are very short. Yeah, they are. And, and so I'm going to get, again, say pieces of peace is the name of it. You say that all of your books are available on Amazon? Yes, they are. Okay. So people might want to look into this one. In this, they're like, two or three minute contemplations. And you suggest that people look at one each day. And I love them. But first Mm -hmm. of all, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to get to some specifics of them, but who are you talking to in this book? Anyone who needs to hear them. Every person there. It's not, this is not specific. This is for every person walking in life to slow down, or even the person who already knows how to slow down, but needs a little something extra in their journey. There was one that talked about, I think it, I don't know if it said write a note to yourself or if that was a different one, but it was about what do you value? Uh, I think we often forget to ask ourselves, what do we value in life or what do we value within ourselves? And so I love the word value. It can be taken in so I could write so many retreats on just value. Um, And I even put up the other day uh, on social media, I put up an affirmation. I said, what affirmation? Do you need to hear today? Voice it for yourself. It's just reminding people that they're their voice. They're in charge. And you have to name your value. You have to know your value and own your value. And then there was one. I don't know if it was the same one. Mm-hmm. You are enough. You are enough. Yes. I love, love that one. And I, I, I write about this and speak about this. And I do these little mini ones. But we're constantly told in this world that we are not enough. And as we were just saying, you're not enough till you do this, lose this weight, or you look like this, or you have this job, or you have a house, or your kids are in fancy colleges, you're not enough. But we're enough today, right now, in this body, we are enough. And we have to remind ourselves, if you got up today and got dressed, had breakfast, and that was the only thing that you could do today, that's fine. You are enough. But you did that. And it's just reminding ourselves. Oh my God, Andrea, what in the world are you talking about? You got to check things off the list. You got to get things done. You can't just, Uh, what? Getting dressed? No, no, no. And we get caught up in that too. And and if I can, I, the one thing I love the most about this other work that I do in these women's retreats that I host is that people of that mindset come on these retreats where they're very, very busy lives. And they spend an entire weekend where they're completely catered to on these weekends and they slow down. And I love when they walk away from it thinking I is, I am okay. I is possible that I can slow down. I can take a moment for myself. I can remember to do yoga or to breathe or intuitive eating at a meal. Um, And that's what I love is, is that awareness that comes to light. Okay, this is really foreign to me. Maybe I need a retreat. So tell tell me about your retreats and how do people find out about your retreats? I am so excited. We just released um, the entire retreat season, which we don't usually do, but we did it all at once this year. There's four retreats. The first one is in September in Topsail Beach. The second one is in Asheville. And then the next two are a winter one, which is I love Heal the Healers, which is for people in the healing field therapists, caregivers, doctors, nurses, anybody in any kind of healing capacity. And, and, and then the last spring one, and those are 
owning our stories. And those are all at the beach, except the one Asheville one. They're all women. And we incorporate Reiki, massage, yoga, intuitive eating, mindfulness, meditation, art. And I do all the cooking and the presentation. And I bring in collaborators for the yoga and the Reiki and the massage. And it's just extraordinary weekends. And they're on my website anamnostishouse.com or I am all over social media. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook and you can find all the links on those as well. Sign up for the newsletter. That's the best way to get noticed. And is all that through Anamnostis House in Facebook and all your social media? Anamnostis House. Anamnostis House. House. It's A-N-A-M-N-O-S-T-O-S. Anamnostis House all together. And your email is at gmail.com if you should happen to be open to hearing from the yeah. thousands of people who are going to respond to this <laughs> radio show. I'd love to hear from anybody. What's next for you? Well, the retreat season is starting and that keeps me very busy. And I have been really hoping to do more speaking. And I know I'll be at the Unitarian Universal Church in Meadowview in October 22nd with my talk, Owning Our Stories. And I've been trying to get back out there doing that more just in as far as writing and I have so much on my plate. <laughs> single See, mom with A single mom with two teenagers as well. So <laughs> should I remind you to take a breath? Yes. <laughs> Tell me about we, your children, oh, Andrea. They have a freshman and a junior and they are just amazing to me. <laughs> They're all involved with band and choir. And um, and just yesterday, we took in this little rescue dog. So we've got all kinds of happiness happen over here. Okay. Now, do you have your children doing their morning meditations and their moments of peace and writing notes you to know, themselves? And I'm very good at offering it all to them. They've been doing it their whole lives, but now they're teenagers. And so it's offered to them every week and it's up to them. And I, I know they do it at their leisure, but they both have vision boards and uh, sacred altars in their room that they can do whatever they want with, but we always go back to those. We do practice intuitive eating at our meals. We practice gratitudes every day. Um, we do do things every day and, um, and meditation walks and things like that. All right. Well, I guess the jury is out on what they're going to say about all this in 20 years, but they may be the <laughs> they may be the yeah. most peaceful pe- people on the planet. I no, I oh, believe me, I joke that I'm going to be the topic of conversation in their therapy session. <laughs> you know, I you've talked about this in terms of spirituality, but you also mentioned that you're Catholic, and I think your most recent book, maybe you said, is more religious. What about people who are not religious? How are what are your retreats like, and how does it work for those people? The retreats have no religious component to it. It's more holistic wellness. My personal faith has um, changed and transformed over the years as well. Um, not practicing so much traditionally anymore, but my very much spiritual and faithful. Um, but the retreats are all holistic wellness. So there's no spiritual aspect, like formal spiritual. Okay. Now that's one of those questions that cries for a follow-up. What did change over your spiritual, your religious journey, I should say? I was going to say, because I still do churches. If they reach out to me, I'll create and build retreats for them. It's very, it's just personal. It's more personal in terms of uh, not going into the service, church services as much, but I'm still very prayerful and still have my ministry in Lourdes. 
uh, for 22 years and I still pray. It's just, it's just different and changing. I think with the world and where the church has changed itself. Um, I, I won't lie. I'm a more liberal Catholic. And so that's not always welcome in, in the church and to different areas. So, but I'm definitely, uh, have my spiritual heart. Well, people are just going to have to take the opportunity to learn more about you on their own. Once again, my guest today, Andrea Conalopoulos, lots of books out there, motivational speaker, wellness empowerment coach, retreat facilitator, which might be interesting to some women and especially some coming up related to healthcare providers. And you can find more information about her at Anamnostos House, all one word, A-N-A-M-N-O-S-T-O-S House. Dot com or Facebook or at gmail.com. Any final word, Andrea? Be you and be grateful for being you. And thank you so much for allowing this space for me to share these gifts that I love to offer everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. What a great pleasure. Thanks above all to our listeners for tuning in. If you missed part of this show, want to hear more or other shows, you can find it on our podcast site, which you can find by Googling WEHC This Conversation. And you can hear us live on Wednesdays at 6 and Sundays at 2. Peace be with you all. Thanks again, Andrea. Thank you so much.